everybody. Welcome to the Practice Power Play Podcast. Today's podcast, we're welcome to glad to invite one of our longtime friends, the best hygiene consultant and one of the best dental business consultants in the game, Wendy Briggs, and Dr. John Meese with the Team Training Institute. So we get to to wrap with these two about what's going on and what they're seeing going on in post slash mid COVID in 2022 and how January looked and uh, what the opportunities to, to, to make some money and get get some things going for two th- for the future. So, Wendy and Dr. John, welcome. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. How about you, Chris? I am better than I deserve. Now, Dr. John, you're in uh, Phoenix. And Wendy, are you in Salt Lake? Yeah, close to Salt Lake City, Utah. Yep. All right. So, there we go. And Nashville, Tennessee represented here. So, basically, we have God's country reflected across the board. So, all right. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a crazy couple of years, you know, so uh, let's just kind of hop right into it. What are you guys seeing out there? You know, Wendy, I've sat there and I've watched you turn hygiene offices. I mean, again, I tell clients all the time. And again, we have no professional affiliation. I don't get a kickback for this statement. But I go to clients when I'm looking at their P&Ls and I look at their production, their hygiene production, their compensation of their hygiene to their production. I have ratios and KPIs because that's what nerds like I do, right? And I'm like, look, you need to call Wendy Briggs and have her come in. And I'm like, I promise you, I swear to God, she's done it in offices that I manage directly. It doesn't matter. People look at the price tag and go, oh man, I maybe one day. And I'm like, dude, she will pay for herself in the first month or I'll buy you a dinner at Fleming's, I swear to God, come on, you know, and so, so, so Wendy, so how's it going? Are you still just out there just transforming practices from the ground up and from the preventative chair on, all the way across the board? You know it, right? That's what we do. So, um, we, myself and, and our team of exceptionally talented hygiene coaches, uh, love what we do, right? We go in and we help practices see not only what they can do to elevate patient care, but we also show them why they should. And then we get into the nitty gritty and show them how to get it done. And so I think, you know, one of the things that we've learned is many hygienists and dentists uh, really want to provide the best possible care. Um, They just might not know all of the how, and sometimes they don't even understand the why, right? So you mentioned COVID and it's taken a hit. and, And I think one of the saddest outcomes of this global pandemic is I believe that the relationship between dentists and hygienists have taken a huge step backwards um, because of the messaging and because of the professional associations and the way they chose to handle the crisis in the midst of it. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but looking back, I think there's been some significant damage uh, done to the professional relationships there. And so we've been trying to repair that. And one of the, the best ways to do it, again, is to inspire hygienists to provide a higher level of care for the patients, to show them why they should do that, and then show them how to get it done. And what we've seen is the same thing happens, Chris, that you mentioned. We'll go in, and we lay out the roadmap and the framework, and we give them what to do, why they should do it, and how to do it consistently. And we see a little transformation happen uh, in that practice right before our eyes, and it doesn't take very long. You mentioned a month. Most of the time, it's a week. After a week, we paid for ourselves, and uh, the patients are the ones that benefit the most, of course, but also there's considerable impact to the practice and the providers themselves. 
So you've seen it firsthand and, and the people that see it firsthand don't quite believe the numbers that they're looking at when it happens, but it does happen and it happens consistently. We've, we've kind of figured out the secret sauce in being able to replicate those results regardless of practice location, size, um, focus, you know, even niche practices, specialist offices, we're able to go in and identify those opportunities. Absolutely. And I would say week, but keep in mind, I'm putting a steak dinner on the line. So I try to buy myself that month, but yeah, I'll absolutely, <laughs> I'll absolutely echo you that. Well, and Dr. John, you know, again, I know that you guys in con in conjunction with Wendy and the, and the preventive side, y'all have that double, was it a double your, your practice? Is it the double your practice model? Is it the, what is it? The double or the triple? It's a lot. When I yeah. look at it, I'm like, wow, how can we not be doing this? Right. Yeah. Yeah, one of Wendy and my uh, Amazon number one best-selling books is how to double and triple your practice production. And that's what we look at is identifying what's keeping you from doubling and tripling and start eliminating that. And a, a lot of it is really people people's mindset is that they just don't think it's possible. They haven't seen anybody who's done it. And we put them in rooms with people who've done it uh, repeatedly and show them that it is possible and show them the exact steps to get there the exact metrics to look at you know most dentists in this country they look at three stats you know collections production and new patients <laughs> but none of those are related to profit none of, none of them are highly correlated to profitability right and i can certainly show people that too many new patients is just as harmful as not enough new patients uh, because how it affects our case acceptance process so that's what, that's what we do is we just identify what's keeping them, eliminate the blockage, practice rises, figure out what the next blockage is, fix that, and just on we go until the practice doubles. Nice. And, and you know, it's really, really interesting. And, and you know, I heard a lot about, you know, you guys for over the years and seeing, you know, seeing Wendy firsthand in, in, in offices that I've managed on a day-to-day -day basis. And, I mean, I've got hygienists that are sitting there, you know, producing 30, 32 grand a month, which is versus some that are doing nine. Right. Yep. And so I did a, a CDT procedure scorecard on my high performing one. And then on the second one, and you'll look at it, it really comes down to how many CDT codes. Okay. On the hygiene side, but like I'll go in and I'll, I'll do a practice opportunity analysis, statistical analysis, cause I'm the KPI guy. Right. And I'll look at hygiene and I look at the fluoride and I look at the interior PAs and I'll look at the perio as components and I look at indirect to direct restoration percentages and fee schedules and procedure mixes and the whole nine yards. I can, we can typically find with our eyes closed a quarter million dollars with the light switch, right? But, but the biggest barrier to care, so now I have my hygienist and my dentist, right? I got both of you on the call because I'll go in there and I'll say, Doc, you got a quarter million dollars. You know, again, if the American Periodontal Association, American Medical Association, Centers for Disease Control say 76% of the United States populations has gum disease or periodontal disease in some form or fashion, and then they say all the things that that leads to and how bad it is, right? Which it really is. Um, I'm like, there, you know, you can save the world right now and add a quarter million dollars in revenues to your practice. You know, a quarter million dollars in revenues. So, you know, if you can add that quarter million dollars, and they'll typically, the feedback is, man, my hygienists aren't diagnosing perio. My hygienists aren't diagnosing perio. And I'm like, but technically it's the doctors that diagnose it. It's the hygienists to measure it, right? So how do we sometimes bridge that gap between the doctor want to say, give me my perio, hygiene's not doing it. And then how does that really work? Does that take a collaborative effort? How does that work? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a collaborative effort and, and it's a teamwork. And typically what offices are missing is a process to assess perio accurately. And so Wendy developed the, uh, an amazing periodal assessment that gets all, the team all on the same board. So Wendy, why don't you visit about that? Because it's just an amazing tool. Yeah, you know, I would agree. A lot of times it's not the fault of the providers. It's the lack of a really clear system. And there's a lot of gray in perio. You know, are they, they're not quite perio, but they're not quite healthy. That bloody profi that, that hygienists do because they also let their emotions get in the way, right? And they know too much about this, this provider. Maybe they're a single mom with a couple of kids and they, they know too much, right? So they allow their emotions to get in the way. So what this assessment does, it's very similar. It's, it's familiar to a lot of providers because it's similar to what they use in school when we're first learning how to assess periodontal disease. But what this tool does is it allows us to all be using the same uh, formula to determine if this patient is healthy and we're going to do regular profi or if they need more than that. And if they do need more than that, what actually do they need? So what it does is it gets everybody on the same page. Chris, you know, you mentioned if you go to the hygienist and say, we could find half a million dollars in, per in perio, that's absolutely the wrong thing to say. I know. It never works. Right? I'm a failure. Because, because hygienists look at that and look at the dentist and say, well, greedy dentist, just want to take, take advantage of patients. You, know, you have to language it the right way. And, and that's one reason I think that our team is so successful in working with hygiene departments is that we are that one of them. You know, we're hygienists ourselves. And so we can approach it as production is never the goal. Instead, we understand that production is a result that comes and we do the right thing for the patient. So we, we talk about perio from an oral systemic uh, link standpoint, all the science. What is, what is an, an evidence of periodontal disease in the mouth lead to from a systemic disease standpoint? We go over all of that first. Then we talk, then we talk about um, the reality of periodontal therapy in our country and how poorly we do as a profession in assessing and treating this horrible disease. And then we give them the tools, right? So once they understand why we should assess perio, treat perio, uh, and help our patients by eliminating infection in their mouths, then we give them the how, those tools, get everybody on the same page, teach them the process for proper assessment, open the doorway of conversation. And, and I agree with you, uh, Chris, hygienists do not diagnose perio. Doctors do, but we are uh, licensed to provide a, a hygiene assessment on every patient. And sometimes, to be fair, we don't have time to do it. You know, if, if we're expecting our hygienist to, to see an adult patient in a 30-minute time slot, um, perio is not going to happen. So we have to be respectful and, and understand that sometimes, you know, it's not always the provider's fault when things aren't going to plan. It could be the lack of a clearly defined system, but also could be lack of resources, such as time, in order to be able to apply these important um resources and services in, in the in the practice well you know i want to hop in because you guys just said some things that really resonate with me okay and this is why i myself and some teams of mine are coming to your champions of dentistry event this year in april in san diego because i love that town but another reason why is because dr john just said whenever he's looking at practices you know everybody every practice is looking at production collections and new patients and guess what Mr. Top Gun Maverick over here, I want to feel the need for speed. I'm pushing that number all the time. I got bonus systems out there for that. And when he said, sometimes too many new patients is too many, and you're basically having attrition and treatment acceptance and production, that's a problem. 
right? And then before I talked with Wendy, because I and on other her and I were huddling or consulting, and I said, Wendy, what are your thoughts on team hygiene? I want assisted hygiene so my hygienist can see 16 people a day. And she was like, well, Chris, that's good in certain situations, but in some situations, it really has an inverse reaction because you're taking into the doctor's restorative time. I said, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then you also just mentioned the time. And that is the biggest barrier a lot of times that I see with hygiene on being able to document, measure, put in their scaling and root planning, just even the new numbers or even do it, right? Versus going same or no material changes or that kind of thing is that there's not enough time because we've all been going based on the MBAs like Chris trying to compact it and get as much out of every square minute as possible and missing some of the things that you guys have been innately solved being with your years of being chairside and with the business focus that you're doing. So those are three things that again, makes me feel real good when I'm partnering with somebody or I want to come in with some professionals when they say, you might be shooting for too many new patients and you might need to give them more time. And everyone's going, what? You're right. (laughs) (laughs) We, we hear that all the time, you know, and it's funny. We, we did uh, a kind of an exhaustive study on the, 60 50 and 30 minute hygiene slots and which one do you think was the most productive well i can tell you it was the 60. Um, and that's because they have time to do same day dentistry they have time to do great assistance uh, great assessments uh, they have time to have a connection with the patient so their retention is better um, and remember there's three roles of hygiene right the preventive therapist the periodontal therapist and the treatment advocate, the one that helps get restorative treatment on the doctor's schedule. Well, you you narrow down the time that the hygienist has. Guess which one goes? The doc. That's exactly right. The treatment advocate. <laughs> and That's then the, the perio. Yeah. And so now we got a high flow of patients and, we're, and our doctor productivity isn't that great. And all of a sudden, our practice to get everybody in in a reasonable time, we've got three hygienists and one doctor, and that even takes restorative treatment back further. You know, it makes it drop like a rock because there's just not enough time. You know, all those hygiene exams, you know, interfere with doctor productivity. So uh, it's it's really fascinating how this idea that shortening hygiene visits is going to somehow be more uh, more effective for a practice. It just simply isn't. Well, I would add to that, Dr. John, that, you know, the 60 minute hygiene appointment is by far the most productive with hygienists trained in our systems, right? If all we're doing is exam, bite wings, and profi, they probably don't need a full 60 minutes, right? So the reality is if if a practice is, is running the traditional same old, same old hygiene and they're not maximizing those three roles, you know, it, they probably won't notice much of a shift if they shorten the hygiene appointments down. But the danger in that is, as Dr. John said, then it, it really ha- takes a hit on the restorative side of the practice. And uh, we all understand that's one of the main reasons to have a healthy hygiene department is to, to feed restorative into the doctor's side. So if that is if that uh, segment is broken, you know, the practice is not going to be long term as successful as they could. And that's one thing we really haven't explored too much in your practices, Chris, yet. I mean, we've really focused on the preventive role and the periodontal role, but we have a a case acceptance program that we put on um, and work on that doctor hygiene partnership, not just on the perio side, but on the restorative side. Like that's, that's powerful. We've seen doctors double their production just by tweaking a few things in that regard. So in that instance, you know, 
but we're not talking about just the hygiene revenues that take a hit. We're talking about the overall practice revenues that take a hit. If we don't focus on that partnership and we don't give hygienists time to use the technology, you know, we hear from doctors all the time that say, yeah, I bought these internal cameras. I got this iTero scanner. Nobody wants to use them. Well, it's often not because they don't want to. Uh, maybe we don't have a system for implementation, but also we may not have adjusted the time frame at all. You know, so yet again, we have a 40 minute hygiene appointment and our expectations are unrealistic about what we can physically accomplish in that time. So, you know, there's so many different uh, areas that, that we could talk about. And I would say too, your comment about assisted hygiene, Chris, in our current situation, our current climate uh, of labor shortage, we have seen many, many, many practices shift to our model of assisted hygiene to help them get through this time where hygiene, uh, you know, hygiene providers are in very short supply. Mm -hmm. So in the right circumstances, the assistant model can be a lifesaver. I personally love the assistant model. I worked it, um, but I also had multiple doctors in the practice. So again, all of these things come into, you know, when we look at, when we provide, provide our comprehensive assessment for a practice, we'll look at the doctor's goals, what they want to accomplish. We'll look at the current performance of a, a hygiene providers. And just like you can on the financial side, we can usually find a quarter to a half a million, sometimes over a million in opportunity, just with a few small, subtle tweaks to their systems. And that gets really exciting, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, and I really love, I really appreciate the way you guys come across it. And again, when, when you know, whenever I see the cookie cutters going, hey, you got to, you know, you have to be fee for service. You have to be this. You know, I'm always like, if they say you have to be, be aware. And, you know, and you guys are like, it depends. That's, you know, everybody hates that answer, but you know what? That's the correct answer. You know, it really, really is. And, you know, um, because, and you mentioned the same day, and that's something that, you know, the traditional model is always like two up front, two hygiene, two assistants, and a doctor, right? You got six plus one, and they're just one happy family. But, you know, Wendy brought a full concept to my attention. She's like, Chris, you can't do the work you need to do with two assistants. You need to have three at least. And then you can roll that third column all day long and do that same day dentistry, which so that's something that I'm my practices don't know yet, but I'm going to incorporate in there. So I'm setting up providers like, you know, let's just say Dr. Smith, you know, in Eaglesoft. I'm setting Dr. Smith SDS. So whenever they convert SDS, I'm going to walk it under that provider and if they hit certain targets. I'm going to give them some money, right? Because I'm all about giving money. I'm a money guy, right? But uh, so again, I look forward to getting y'all's feedback and insight on how that works and, and, and those types of things as well. So the money is, is the result of doing something that's really hyper convenient for patients, right? And uh, when you give patients what they want, you know, they just, they're, they're drawn to you and they stay with you. And so, uh, you know, I, I love that idea of introducing it into your practices because it's hyper convenient for patients. Patients absolutely love it. Dries up case acceptance uh, and because it because patients love it and such a good service for them. Well, it dries up productivity and productivity dries up profitability. So uh, it's really a great thing. Well, I'll share with you one idea to get your feedback, Wendy, just real quick, and then we'll close it out. So I've got practices because a lot of times the barrier to perio is they don't have any time. They don't have time to do the perio. So I've got a practice doctors running. He's a two million plus producer restorative side. He's knocking it down. And then he's got three hygienists. And if you look at their schedules, they're all locked for months and months and months and months. Tennessee, you can only see, you can only receive three hygienists per 
provider for a doctor, right? So I'm like, you can't add another hygienist to do the perio. And he's like, there's no perio, but we have cancellations everywhere. And I'm like, ha, 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 I've got your solution. We're going to run team or assisted hygiene with one hygienist on preventative, and we're going to open up one of them's lane, and we'll basically schedule them, you know, half day and leave the other half day wide open every single day to do perio. And then they'll set it up and they'll knock it out of the park and it'll be a home run. So that's one thing I'm trying to incorporate. I try to say, I was sitting there going, what would Wendy do right now? And I'm like, <laughs> what you're describing is a classic uh, capacity blockage. Yeah. Right. So when we talk about identifying what's, what's, what's the obstruction to keep a practice from growing, well, that's it. They don't have enough of something. What is it they don't have enough of? Well, in this case, uh, if you add another column of hygiene exams, we're going to see that doctor productivity go down. So they may be shy a doctor, and they're certainly shy, shy uh, hygiene team, whether that be assistants or uh, hygienists. Right. At our last uh, retreat, you know, everybody was asking about assisted hygiene, and we're going to see this shift, I think, in our industry where assisted hygiene is going to become the norm. There just aren't enough hygienists, and uh, as we see the hygiene wages get, uh, you know, really out of whack for what most of them produce. Uh, we're going to see the shift to assisted hygiene, but assisted hygiene is not easy to do well. And so our training systems and the things that Wendy and the hygiene coaches teach, uh, uh, you know, really allow people to do it and do it at a really high level. But it's, but when people try it on their own, it's very hard to do well. That's why I love the DIY kind of people. Like every time I do take a home project on by myself, you know, I get to the YouTube video, I go to Home Depot, and I swear, you know, a week later and 70 hours in that I could have been working on client stuff, I'm calling the repair guy going, I made it 10 times worse, man. Come check it out. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I employ you because, yeah, the assisted hygiene, I mean, you've got to have calibration with who does what in real time, like a, a NASA team, and then you've got to have contingencies. What if my assistant's out today? And then, you know, or what if the doctor's assistant's out today? And then the doctor goes, Alpha, I'm the Alpha. I'm taking the yep. assistant. My, uh, my, my chair is way problem. worth more than your chair. And, I mean, yep. so, again, those are things that I know you guys experience on a day-to-day -day basis and can really help out with. Well, guys, tell me about this Champions of Dentistry Summit on April 29th and 30th in sunny San Diego. Talk to me about that. What's going down? Yeah, we are so excited about that. This is the 17th year we've held a, a Champions of Dentistry Summit, Dr. John and I together. And, and what it is, it's a lot different than any other uh, CE event because it's all focused on practice growth. So we invite champions from inside our industry and outside of our industry to come and share insights on, on building exceptional teams, um, the culture of champions, actual real world solutions for the struggles that dentists are facing. And we have a, a celebrity speaker every year. This year, our celebrity speaker is Nancy Kerrigan. And, you know, we look at what Dennis have been through in the last couple of years, some significant challenges. Well, she's one who, who literally her story um, is about overcoming challenges and unexpected things happening. And she rose above that and became, you know, she's an Olympic champion. So she will be our celebrity speaker. And the lineup that we have is just incredible. The location we've chosen is incredible. You mentioned San Diego before. Who doesn't love San Diego? But we happen to be on the historic Hotel del Coronado on Coronado Island, um, an amazing resort. We've got golf right there. We've got a luau planned, a beach party planned, in addition to some power-packed days of incredible speakers. So for listeners who are looking to re-energize their team, 
um, and accomplished more in 2022 than they have in any year previously. This is how you do it. You surround yourself with champions and learn what the best of the best are doing differently than the masses. And, and this is where uh, that magic happens. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks, Dr. John and Wendy. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you guys in April and, and to continue to collaborate, as always, as we do offline on how we can help practices and uh, just be more, not do more production, but be more, uh, better clinical services. Let's put it that way. Awesome. Chris, <laughs> one more thing. Um, Dr. John, I, a lot of the things that we talked about today are outlined in that book that he mentioned earlier. So let's do this for your listeners. Let's go ahead and give them a free copy of that book. Absolutely. So if they want to go to wendysfreebook.com, so W-E-N-D-Y-S freebook.com, they can request their own copy of the ultimate guide. And then that will also, I know we've also talked about having special pricing for your practices and the people that you serve for our summit too. So just have them watch for that. We'll be sending them something with that information shortly. And that way they'll have everything they need. They'll have the book, they'll have access to the summit at uh, a reduced rate and they'll be ready to go. Sounds good. That's awesome. Hey, thank you both so very much. And I look forward to doing it again soon. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.